السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اٹس اے سیکنڈ آف ربی الآخر فورٹین تھرٹی ون کورسپونڈنگ ود ایٹینتھ مارچ ٹوینٹی ٹین دس از یور فیوریٹ پروگرام آن لیلۃ الجمعہ تزکیہ دس از یور ہوسٹ موسا اکوڈیہ ان اسٹوڈیوز ان جہانس برگ اینڈ الحمد للہ ود فضل آف اللہ ایوری ویک وی ہیو آور اونٹ گیسٹ شیخ کمال الدین آؤٹ آف پاکستان Our email, if you have any input for us, at ii at ciinetwork.net and audio streaming on www.ciibroadcasting.net. Our SMS line, if you have any questions for our Honorable Sheikh, 0027-8467-0225. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you, Sheikh? Waalaikum as-salam, alhamdulillah, I'm wonderful, Sheikh. It's always so nice connecting with you on Laylatul Jumu'ah. In fact, we all look forward to it, uh, alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with this punctuality and give us the opportunity of making khidmat of his deen. Sheikh, uh, what uh, subject are you going to be approaching tonight, inshallah, Aziz? Uh, tonight, well, very uh, briefly, or I may start a series on the notion of the Qalbun Salim, mm-hmm. that what is a pure heart? Because our program really is on Tazkiyah and about purification, and so I wanted to perhaps start a weekly series now uh, on the concept of the pure heart, how to purify the heart, what are the ways that a heart becomes impure, etc. Jazakallah, Sheikh. for giving us an introduction to the program. Inshallah, Ulazi Sheikh, uh, you, may, you, you, you may continue. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salaman ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa amma ba'd. Ha'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajimi bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yawma la yanfa'u ma'lun wa la banun illa man atallaha miqal min salim. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Assalamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى has mentioned in the Quran al-Karim different aspects of a human being and broadly speaking a human being has five different aspects to them the first is their physical self their physical body which is known as a jasad or jism in the arabic language And this denotes the entire physicality of a person, their physical limbs, hands, limbs, organs, etc. The second is a person's ruh. And that ruh is the spirit of that body, the inner core of that, the spirit of that human, the inner core of that human being. And just like a human has an entire physical self that is made up of different parts and features and aspects, Just like that a human being has an entire spiritual self, the ruh, that also has different aspects and features. Thirdly, every human being has an akal. And the akal, by akal we mean their mind as opposed to their brain. The brain is part of their physical self. The mind is what is called in the deen of Islam, the akal. The fourth is a person has a nafs. And the fifth is that a person has a qalb. So I want to explain first these last three, nafs, uh, akal, nafs, and qalb. Akal is the seat of a person's thoughts, the seat of a person's khalat. All of the things that we think are afkar, are khawatir, are khayal, 
All of those come in the akum. The nafs is the seat of our desires, our ha'ishat. All of the desires, appetites that a person feels or has comes from their nafs. And the third is a person's kalb. The kalb is the seat of a person's feelings and emotions. All of the feelings and emotions we have originate in and reside in the kalb. Now, each and every one of these three things, our thoughts, which are from the akal, our desires, which stem from our nafs, and the emotions and feelings that originate and emanate from our kalb, our spiritual heart, all of these three can be good or they can be bad. A person can have good thoughts or bad thoughts. A person may have good desires or bad desires. A person may have good emotions or bad emotions. And what our deen has taught us is that the asal in all of this is the kalb. If a person has good emotions and feelings in their heart, then that will necessarily lead to good desires and good thoughts. An example of this is if they have the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their heart. So the kind of emotion that is, that is the kind of thoughts we will have in our mind. So that person will always be thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thinking about how to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thinking about how to be careful and to make sure not to displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just like that, that feeling and emotion of love for Allah ta'ala in the heart is going to dominate and control the nafs. So that person would have good desires. Their desires would be based on they would desire to pray regularly, desire to fast regularly, desire to memorize Quran al-Kareem, desire to make zikr, desire to pray tahajjud, desire to study ilm of deen, etc., etc. So whatever emotion is in the heart, that is going to determine the thoughts that we think with our uncle and the desires we have with our nafs. The contrary example is if a person has a bad emotion in their heart. If they have love of the world or love of someone of the world in their heart, then their thoughts will always be based on that. So if it was love of the world, they would always be thinking about business, about making money, about increasing money, about storing money, about processing money, acquiring money, etc. And whatever emotion they have in their heart is also going to be what determines their desires. If they have love for the dunya, the material world in their heart, then all of the desires of their nafs are based on greed and covetousness and trying to acquire the acquisition of this world. So in the whole system, the kalb is what controls now, what may happen is that a person who has good emotions in their heart, who has the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the love for Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the love for deen of Islam in their heart, sometimes they may wonder that they may have bad thoughts in their mind. And they wonder why that happens, if the gulb is indeed the control. So what the Qalb controls is the thoughts that settle in our mind. It does not necessarily control the thoughts that occur to our mind. And this is the way Allah subhanahu has made a human being, that a whole random sequence of successive thoughts continually occurs to a person's mind. And if a person has a bad thought that occurs to them, the first occurrence of a thought is not in itself bad. But dwelling on those thoughts, developing those thoughts, like we say in English, making a whole train of thought, that is bad. 
And that is really what it means to have a bad or corrupt akal. And many of us, we have that problem, that we just need a spark, and we can make, as we say, a mountain out of a molehill in our thoughts. We just need an idea, or even the hint of an idea, and our imaginary power, our fantasizing, leads to this whole sequence and train of thoughts that leads us to extremely repugnant, foul, and aberrant thoughts. So the occurrence, the initial occurrence of a thought is not in itself bad, but dwelling on and developing those thoughts into a train of thought, that is bad. And that is a reflection of some illicit and unlawful emotions that we have in our heart. Now, the heart is the control room to the entire system. And that is why there's so much emphasis in the Qur'an al-Kareem and in the Hadith and the teachings of Nabi al-Kareem sallallahu on what we call a kalbun salim, on a pure and untainted heart. That's why Allah subhanahu wa said in the Qur'an, Yawma, and remember that day, that day of judgment, that day of meeting Allah subhanahu wa that day of resurrection, la yanfa'u mal, that no wealth, no possessions, nothing that a person has will be a benefit to them. Wala banun, nor a person's sons, children, worldly relations will be of any benefit to them on that day. Illa man bin salim. Except for only and only will that person have benefit who is brought to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A kalbin salim who brings to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a pure and untainted heart. A pure and untainted heart or a pure and purified heart. So there are two types of pure hearts. One is the untainted and pristine heart, and the second was the tainted heart that was purified in the love and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by virtue of that purification, that heart is also now pure. So the qalb is the most essential aspect. And this is why all of the anbiya alayhi salam ajma'in, their, their focus was on the hearts. Their focus was on the qalub. When they came into this world, they didn't make people's akal the focus of their efforts. They didn't make people's nafs the focus of their efforts. Rather, they made the people's kulub, the people's spiritual hearts, the focus of their efforts. Because they knew the hakikat of the human is such that the kalb is the control room. So if we fix and change the kalb, then automatically every aspect of that person will be fixed. And this is exactly what Nabi Akhim Sassam mentioned in a very famous hadith, that indeed in the Bani Adam there is a organ, that if it becomes corrupted, the whole of that human becomes corrupted. And if it is sound, then the whole of that human will be sound. Allah wa al-Qalb, know that indeed that organ is the Qalb, is the spiritual heart. After the Anbiya al-Islam al who was, what is the name of that group of people who continued and, and inherited this legacy? Because the Prophet said, Al-Ulama Uwarathud Anbiya, that in his Ummah, the Ulama as a collective are going to be the heirs and bear the inheritance and legacy of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So that aspect of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in which he did the Tazkiyah of the Sahabakram, in which he was able to purify the hearts of the Sahabat Ram, that purification aspect is also going to pass in inheritance and be bequeathed 
to those particular ulama who are known as ulama'i batin, the ulama of the inner aspect of a person, described in the Quranic name as awliya, as siddiqeen and sadiqeen, simply speaking, the awliya also make their focus the hearts of people. And, you know, sometimes I'm amazed that people critique the awliya, but actually they're praising them. And they say that, oh, these people of Allah, these Allah wale, these Ahlullah, they never say anything intellectual. They never say anything for our minds. All they ever do is speak to the hearts. And alhamdulillah, that is exactly what the awliya Allah do, is they address the hearts of the mu'mineen, they nourish the hearts of the mu'mineen, and they're trying to work and develop the hearts of the mu'mineen. Now, there are three types of gulub or three types of hearts that a person may have. The first is known as naqalbun mayyat, the dead heart. The second is known as naqalbun marid, the diseased heart. And the third possibility is qalbun salim, that pure, untainted, or pure, purified heart. And we notice this threefold division in the nafs as well. A person may have a nafs amara, or have a nafs lavama, or have a nafs mutmainna. In the akal, however, there seems to be only a twofold division that either a person has a pure akal, which we can call akli salim, or a person has an impure akal. The difference in gradation here, therefore, is then left to one of ilm. That a person may have an akal salim, but because they don't have the ilm, the knowledge of wahi and nabuat, of the Quran and the Sunnah, of revelation and prophecy, then they may not be able to develop that level of wilayat as much as opposed to somebody who has a greater amount of ill. So these three types of hearts, Kalbun Mayat, Kalbun Mariz, and Kalbun Salim. Who are the people who have a Kalbun Mayat? There are, broadly speaking, four types of people, four types of human beings who have a Kalbun Mayat, a dead heart a heart that has become totally comatose. And we realize that when we ever ever travel outside the Muslim world, we realize that there are many people whose hearts are not just unaware of Islam, their hearts are deliberately, voluntarily antagonistic towards the deen of Islam. That may be because they have a kalban mayat, that they have a heart that is dead. So the different type of people who have this is number one, a person who doesn't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That heart that denies the existence of Allah, whether it's atheism, agnosticism, or an extreme form of secular liberalism, that person's heart will also be a kalban mayyat. The second is a person who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but doesn't believe in the tenets of the deen. So sometimes you will find a person who says in English, I believe in God, but I don't believe in organized religion. And what they mean by that, you should just read into this, that organized religion means, I don't believe in the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ. That is an act of disbelief as well, and that is a type of kufr. Third is a person who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but believes in other gods. So believes in a god along with other gods, that is, and rather say they don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they believe in a god concept. And along with that, they believe in other gods, in the plurality of gods, that is called a mushrik. 
So the first was a mulhed, the second is a kafir, the third is a mushrik, and the fourth is a person who tries to claim an outward appearance that they are a believer, but in their innermost of hearts, they, con- they consciously, not subconsciously, they have an inner but conscious denial of belief. Such a person is called a munafik. What does it mean to have a kalban mayat? So these are the four types of people who have it. What does it mean to have a kalban mayat? It means that, obviously, it doesn't mean that their kalm doesn't exist. They have a spiritual heart, but the function of that heart is not there. Just like a person, when we pronounce them heart dead, it doesn't mean, or they enter a state of cardiac arrest, their physical heart is present, but the function of the physical heart is absent. In other words, it's no longer functioning, it's heart failure, cardiac failure, it's no longer pumping blood, etc., just like that, a person who has a spiritually dead heart has a kalb, has a spiritual heart, but it's not fulfilling its function. The function of the heart was the modifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The function of the heart was the deep, intimate knowledge and awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The function of the heart was muhammad, deep love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The function of the heart was zikr, deep remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The function of the heart was ita'at, deep obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of these are functions of the heart. And if a person's heart, spiritual heart, is dead, then they won't. That means that they have the heart, but they don't have those functions. Sometimes this is explained as a certain basirat, as a certain inner insight, as a certain fraqan, the awakening of an inner conscience, the awakening of an inner consciousness. And a person does not have that basirat, that firasat, although they may have a kalb, they have a spiritual heart. And Allah SWT explains this notion in the Qur'an al by mentioning, in addition to the Arabic word kalb, another word in the Arabic called the fu'ad. And fu'ad means the core of a person's heart, the essence of a person's heart, that part of the kalb, that part of the heart that has the marifat and has the muhammad for Allah SWT. So the notion is then that the person whose heart is dead they have a kalb, but they no longer have a fuad. Or sometimes we explain it in Arabic, they have the makan, but they don't have the makin. They have the home, which is the kalb, but they don't have the resident who's supposed to be occupying that home, which is the fuad. They don't have resident a, a, a insight or an understanding of the deen of that which is halal or haram. So this is something Allah SWT does mention in the Qur'an al-Kareem, that a person will be questioned. That in as-sam'a wal-basara wal-fu'ada, kullu ula'ika kana anhu mas'ula. That a person has hearing and sight and has a fu'ad. And they indeed will be asked about each and every one of these things. I, what did they listen to? What did they see? And what did they, their fu'ad means, what did they give their heart to? What was the passion of their heart? And then another, and, and the problem is, is that for many of us, our, the answer is, hawa, that our fu'ads are on desire. Our fu'ads, our inner parts of our court, or kalb, inner parts of our heart, are on base, lustful desires, 
or on greed, or following our own whims and fancies, our own hawa. So the, the signs of a kalban mayat, so the signs and symptoms that a person has a dead heart. The first sign is that such a person has absolutely no longing towards Allah subhanahu wa whatsoever. Absolutely no interest in the akhirah whatsoever. They're entirely embroiled in the issues and worries of this world. And their entire purpose and aim and objective and all of their efforts are directed to enjoying the life of this world. Such that they're not able to think of the akhirah of the life of the, after, of, of the next life. And what happens then is such a person, because they're not aware of or not working towards the happinesses of the next life, then what is left for them is just the happinesses and desires of this world. And their happiness is that simple because they're a worshiper of their nafs. They end up becoming a worshiper of their own desires. So if their desires are fulfilled, they're happy. And if their desires are not fulfilled, they're sad. If their desires are fulfilled, they think that is success. And if their desires are not fulfilled, they think that that is a lack of success. So this is an ignorance that we have. And what happens is that because of this, we become a slave to our desires. And we become a muttabit, we actually do ittiba of our desires, wherever, in whatever gathering we see that our desire may be fulfilled, we jump and hop to that gathering or that to that way of life or to that technology. Now that this person loses any sense of izzat, any sense of honor and dignity and decency, any sense of ghairat, even this, this part at the extreme level, such a person is even endangering their iman. And we see this all around us, that the Muslims, whether of Lahore or whether of Durban, are in, involved in parties in raves, in music, in dance, and they're totally oblivious to the harms of these things because they're totally lost in the pursuit of their desires. They're lost in the music and the dancing, and they just don't know. And the truth is that vast majority of our listeners, we've all come from a single, similar background. We also at one point in our journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, were such that we were doing things that we didn't even know any better. Or we were sometimes even doing things that we kind of knew better, that we shouldn't be doing them, but we were still doing them. So the, the sign that a person has a kalban mayat is they do these things unabashedly, unrepentantly, without any remorse, without any regret. And the sign, again, is that they have no hesitation in sinning. A person may do sin in a hidden way. A person may do sin in a concealed way. But this type of person whose heart is completely dead, has the kalbun mayat, feels no hesitation in doing sin, no regrets in doing sin, doesn't worry or care about others. In fact, can sometimes even be quite bold and confident in doing that sin. The second sign of the kalbun mayat is that they don't view doing good acts as a burden. They don't view a'mal salih as a necessity or a burden or as a chore. In fact, many of those who are more busy, they are simply, they're often 
yearning to and looking out for the opportunity to do even a small momentary act of nafil ibadat. So if they're invited ever in their free time to go to a sheikh and listen to their bayan, go to an alim and listen to, to their tafsir, if they're connected or invited, then they go happily and they go with a desire because they, they, they go, uh, they don't go, they refuse to go when they're invited. In fact, they even find doing, going to such gatherings a burden. They find doing good deeds a burden. They have a repugnance to the gatherings of good, to the invitations of good, to the advice towards the good, because their heart has become dead. Just like you can imagine that that person who has a kalban salim has a repugnance to doing bad acts, just like that the person who has a kalban mayat has a dislike for doing good acts. Just like that person who has a kalban salim has a repugnance and wants to stay away from bad company, just like that a person with a kalban mayat wants to and tries to stay away from good company. And then Allah subhanahu and explains the end of this process in the eye of the Qur'an, ثُمَّ قَسَدْ قُلُوبُكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ That then their hearts became hardened after that, you know, yani after they continued to sin and be neglectful of Allah subhanahu فَهِيَ كَالْحِجَادَةِ That their hearts became hardened such that they were like rocks. أَوْ أَشَدُّ kaswa. Or they had become even harder and more hardened than rocks. That don't you notice that indeed that from rocks even it may burst forth a stream of water. But for these people, they are to become even so hard that the water of tears cannot flow from their eyes. So this is the notion of a kalbun. Mayat. What can restore us or bring us from a kalbun mayat to a kalbun's name? Fair, we're running out of time for tonight, but we will speak about in subsequent uh, weekly gatherings the second type of heart, which is kalbun muriz, a sick heart, and find the third heart, a kalbun's name, which is a pure and untainted heart. This much we can say that we are always in danger of entering into a state of a kalban mayat, sometimes we mistake our, some, our state as being one in which our hearts are sleeping, whereas rather our hearts are dead, as the famous incident of Sayyidina Hassan, uh, Imam Hassan al-Basri, one of the greatest of the Tameen, a young man came to him and told him that I'm worried that my hearts are sleeping, my heart is sleeping, make dua, and Sayyidina Hassan al-Basri asked him, that what makes you say that? And he said, when you recite the Qur'an and the Sunnah, I feel no effect. And he told him that, oh, young man, you should not be worried that your heart is sleeping, but rather that your heart is dead, because if something is sleeping, when you shake it, it wakes up. If your heart had been sleeping, when I would shake it, by reciting the words of Allah and the words of His Blessed Messenger, وسلم, your heart would wake up. And if you're saying your heart doesn't wake up, it means that that heart is dead. And that is the fifth category of person who may end up with a kalbun mayat is a mu'min who has failed for a long period of time to give life to the nur of iman in their heart, has failed to do amal on iman, has failed to become a person of practice. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from falling into a kalbun mayat and may He guide us 
out from that kalban mayat and out from the kalban mariz and into the nur of having a kalban salim wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin and with a short dua subhanallah bilal wahab allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad wa ali sayyidina muhammad wa barik wa sallam rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam tagfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin ya allah ya rabbi kareem zalamna anfusana ya allah we have made ourselves distant from the deen ya allah when we hear these signs of the kalbun mayat ya allah our hearts well up in fear ya allah there is nothing we fear more than having a heart that is dead from you dead from your muhabbat dead from your itaat dead from your ibadat dead from your zikr Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you send your special mercy. Amen. Cast a glance of your mercy, a gaze of your Amen. mercy to our hearts. Amen. Ya Allah, we ask that you revive our dead hearts, Amen. to bring our dead hearts back into life, Amen. to wash away all the sins from our heart, Amen. to remove all the sinful emotions from our heart, Amen. to remove all the sinful thoughts from our mind, Amen. to remove all of the sinful desires from our nafs. Amen. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you bring us back to the nur of ibadat, Amen. the nur of ita'at, Amen. the nur of Zikr, the Nur of the Quran, Ameen. the Nur of the Sunnah. Ameen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us for each and every one of our sins. Ameen. We ask that you remove the effects that the sins have had on our heart. Ameen. We ask that you remove the distance that has come between us and you due to our sins. Ameen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. You said in Quran, Fa'inni Kareem, that you are the most intimate, near, and ever close one. Ya Allah, we too want to feel your Qurb. We want to be amongst your Muqarrabun. We want to be amongst your Muhibbin and your Mahbubin. Ya Allah, we ask that you restore to us the feeling of our hearts. We ask that you restore to us the feeling of our spiritual hearts. We ask that you guide us and enable us to use our spiritual hearts in your obedience and your worship and in your remembrance and your praise. And we ask that you guide us back to the power of Quran, Sunnah, and and guide us back to the path of zikr and durood and dua. Rabbana takabal minna innaka anta samir alim. Wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawab rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya amal rahimin. Sheikh, that was really interesting. Uh, especially when Sheikh spoke about the five different aspects of the human being. And Sheikh had highlighted that uh, the spiritual hearts is the focus of our efforts. And we've got to bring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pure, untainted and purified hearts. So yes, the five different aspects of the human being. And Sheikh is just teaching us how to be proper human. So, alhamdulillah, inshallah, Sheikh will continue with this particular subject next week, I'm sure. Jazakallah, Sheikh, and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.